afternoon and welcome to What the Truck. This yep. is a, I'm Dooner, that's Michael Vincent, the dude, and this is a stack show. It is a stack show. Peace and love, everybody. It's going to be awesome. We have five guests today. The, the first one we're going to bring on, we'll do in just a second. We've got to give a shout out to Try and Pay first. But man, what a historic day for Hylion. Just got listed publicly on the New York Stock Exchange, and we're going to be able to talk to him. That's yeah. awesome, man. Exciting day. It's really awesome. It really it, is. It is. Let's tip the band first, then we'll bring Thomas right up. Triumph Pay partners with brokers and shippers to process carrier payments. With nearly 80,000 carriers paid, Triumph Pay provides a simple solution for your carriers to manage their payments in one place. With Triumph Pay, carriers can upload and submit paperwork, manage their payments, and connect to brokers directly from anywhere. To learn more, tell them, dude. Go to triumphpay.com immediately after the show. All right, let's start with the festivities, man. Let's bring Thomas Healy, CEO of Hylion, up in the uh, up on the show, up in the air. Up on <laughs> the <air>. show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Thomas, it's uh, you're looking awesome, man. Um, uh, first question I got to say, well, first I got to say congratulations. I don't have the New York Stock Exchange bell, but I do have a cowbell, so... I'll there hit that you for your, your ticker. <laughs> <laughs> Over here, one of our journalists that uh, you and your team talk to quite often, Alan Adler, he's been following the journey of Hylion, and I've been, I'm a big fan of the EV space. I've been following all the companies that as well, including your journey, and uh, it's awesome to see you come up there, and I think that you may be, you may be, if I'm not mistaken, America's youngest billionaire now? <laughs> I think that is uh, a new title that uh, that I've I've gotten over the last few weeks here, but no, this this morning was exciting. Where this is the first day we're actually publicly trading. So the last time we chatted, uh, you know, we had announced this back, but we, everything was still trading under SHLL. And as of this morning, everything's now turned over to HYLN, and you know, we're now listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Well, I got to ask you because this is a unique time to talk to you. How did how did that feel? How did the, the vote going through to do that, and then just seeing that change? How are you feeling this this afternoon? I think the best way to describe it is it's it's surreal, right? I mean, this is as a you know a startup an entrepreneur. This is always kind of like the dream of you know you taking the company public and uh, and getting to go through the the listing process and um, yeah, surreal is what best describes it. I think uh, for us, it's a exciting time. We you know we're listing today. We're actually going to get to go actually ring the bell on uh, on Monday, which is uh, I'm personally really looking forward to. Obviously, never have done that before, but. Uh, I've been told it's one of those, you know, you remember for your life, uh, the rest of your life, which, you know, I'm super excited to get to go do it. That's amazing stuff, Thomas. And we knew you when you were just a millionaire. Yeah, last time you were on the show, you were, you were America's youngest you're, billionaire. You were just a lowly millionaire, man. That's all you were back then. <laughs> now, we've seen you grow to the billionaire, man. That's really awesome. But, hey, let's let's talk a little bit about you. you now, now you're public, right? So that scrutiny starts, and it, it, the scrutiny starts to change a little bit, right? There's going to be much more attention given to what's going on. Uh, supporters and detractors, right? People, we love to tear down our heroes here in America. Uh, so are you ready for that? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, you know, we know it, we need to be aware of it, right? And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of positive things going on with, with our journey here. Um, you know, this is really just, you know, I, I've said it before, it's kind of like the start to another chapter for us, right? I mean, the whole Hylion journey has been a, a thrill and a joy. And, you know, what what I think is really the thing that kind of, roots us, you know, and what we try to focus on is really around the customers, right? I mean, there can be a lot of noise of other things going on, but, you know, what's the exciting part is 
since we've announced this transaction, since we've, you know, the going public this morning, the customer interest has just kept on growing and growing, which has been really exciting to see. And, you know, for us, it's like that you get to wake up in the morning and realize you're actually having a big impact on this industry, which is, uh, which is an amazing feeling. You know, Thomas, let's get the elephant out of the room just because of what's happened to maybe another EV company out there. But your business model is significantly different. And I get a little irate when I see you compared to some other companies because you're not trying to do what that company was trying to do. You are not trying to build out this massive infrastructure or build your own trucks. You have a different approach to this and one that I think could potentially be highly successful. Tell us what differentiates you from maybe some of the other players in this space, though. Yeah, I think the best way to look at it is kind of starting from the high level of electrification's coming, but there's really different types of electric trucks, right? And what works in the passenger car space doesn't necessarily work in the long haul trucking space. So you have Tesla doing the fully electric plug-in vehicle, you have Nikola doing the hydrogen fuel cell truck, and then Hylion with the Hypertruck ERX, which is a fully electric truck, but leverages natural gas, or more specifically, renewable natural gas as the fuel behind the vehicle. So you're getting all the benefits of an electric truck, but we're able to eliminate many of the downsides. And really, what we've heard from fleets is it all comes down to cost, emissions, and infrastructure. It's those three things, right? And with the cost of natural gas, it's a lot lower than even where diesel is today. The emissions are actually net negative. And then you hit the nail on the head with the infrastructure, right? If you go, if you try to go build out a hydrogen infrastructure that's equivalent to the amount of natural gas stations out there, it's about a $12 billion endeavor, right? Versus the approach we're taking is, hey, that infrastructure for natural gas is already out there. Let's just go leverage it. 700 stations already, Michael. Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent point, the infrastructure. And that's one of the things that uh, really interested me early on in what you guys are doing is that that it's building out that infrastructure. Even with the purely electric, it's it's just not it's it's not there. It's building out, but nowhere near where you guys are already ahead of the game. You're building into something that is already there, which is quite attractive. Um, you know, the other the other differences that I see are your pathway to revenue. Right. I mean, you're 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 looking at you're expecting to generate eight million in revenue in 2021, 344 million, 2022, a billion in 2023. What are the milestones? How do you get there? Yeah, uh, it's really about fleet adoption. And, and that's also one of the other big things about the difference between trucking and the commercial or the passenger car space is that. If you sell a car to someone, you're selling a car, and maybe in five to seven years, they're coming back and buying a new one. Versus trucking, you get a fleet excited about this, and they choose it as their technology of choice. They're buying, you know, large fleets can be buying hundreds, if not thousands of trucks every quarter, every year, right, and, and recycling through their fleet. And so that's where, from our standpoint, it's really about getting those customer engagements early on here, building the relationships with the fleets, and then becoming their truck of choice as they go purchase new vehicles uh, moving forward here. And that's what allows us to scale to those sort of revenue numbers with, you know, with a, a really uh, logical path towards it because, you know, these fleets, uh, the number of assets they, can, they utilize and control is, is huge uh, compared to a passenger car space. There's a, there's a few climate milestones. We're looking at California 2035, Walmart trying to go emission-free by 2040. Do these, do these vehicles and uh, your, your, your drivetrains, they, will they meet these standards come that time? They do. And, and that's um, the net negative aspect of our truck is really one of the big driving factors. So using renewable natural gas, this is kind of one of the 
usually, I mean, it was new to me, uh, you know, when I first heard of it a, a while ago, it was that renewable natural gas actually has a below zero or a net negative emissions profile, which means it's cleaner to go drive your truck as opposed to leave it parked, right, which is, is a, a staggering thing to think of, which, you know, I think from a, a fleet that's looking at, you know, trying to get to zero emissions by 2040, our truck not only gets them to zero, but it has the ability to go below zero, depending on where your natural gas is getting sourced from. And that can offset some of their manufacturing emissions, right? So that's a huge win for an organization. But, you know, the, the flip side of that is, you know, you guys know better than anyone else. Trucking is about getting, getting goods from point A to point B and doing it as economical as possible. And so coming in with a solution that's going to cost a tremendous amount more, that's tough for a fleet to, to adopt. And that's where being able to bring cost savings along with those emission savings is where we really see the value out of our technology. You know, we, we heard that you have been asked to tweet more often and use social media more often. My only warning, which is just be careful and don't feed those trolls. It hasn't worked out that well from, from others in, in, in the space. But, um, I mean, you have such a great personality. I remember Emily Zank was like, wow, he seems like he has a soul. He's so much different than, than other CEOs. And I thought, that was, I thought that was an interesting commentary on ours. But you do come across as very wholesome, and you cast a different specter than some of the characters we've seen in the EV space. If people want to follow you, they want to learn more, they want to see those tweets, and they want to follow the progress of the company, where should we send them? Yeah. Uh, first would be go to the Hylion Twitter, which is, you know, at Hylion. Uh, my personal one is Thomas Healy 47 uh, on Twitter. We are going to start posting more because this is an exciting journey we're on, right? I mean, we're having a blast with it and we want others to be able to come along for this ride. And so we are going to start posting more. I'm not going to be on there uh, showing breakfast, lunch and dinner and pictures of every meal I'm eating. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be on that level, but, uh, but we are going to start showing more of what we got going on here within, uh, within Hylion. Wow. Excellent stuff. Now he's going to be curious. What do you usually eat, Thomas? <laughs> yeah, what, what's a, what does a younger world, what does America's youngest yeah, yeah. billionaire eat for breakfast, Thomas? What can the man who can eat anything eat? You want the honest story? The, uh, the day that uh, that article came out, I was like, oh, I should go out to lunch to celebrate. I literally did Taco Bell drive-thru. So there you go. <laughs> I love it, man. That's awesome. Run for the border. Hey, we really appreciate your time today. Congratulations, and we wish your company the best of luck, man. Good deal. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take Thanks, it easy. Thanks, Thomas. That's awesome. That is. I, I mean, he went right to Taco Bell. He's super, super down to earth. I love guy. that. Well, made a billion dollars. Let's go to Taco Bell. My treat. I, I would say, like, <laughs> the only, like, we interviewed him a couple months ago, right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, he is so down to earth. I wonder if the print media is going to like him as, as much because he's not a quote machine. But look, being a, being a quote machine like, like Nicola, who I feel like they're being unfairly compared to at times just because they were both SPACs, just because yeah. they're in the EV space yeah. coming up. Yeah. Very different companies, very different leaders. And I think what you're seeing is that leadership is very key in startups, especially in this point of the game. Oh yeah, it absolutely is, and and that the the nature of his leadership, he 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 has that element of of altruism to him, right? Yeah. That uh, I mean, obviously they're they're for profit, but he's got that altruistic nature in him because you know talking about the actual net zero carbon footprint of of what they're building, uh, that's really a tremendous thing. I mean, yeah. when you get you start looking at a you know the the others in the EV space, you're still consuming that electricity, and where is that electricity sourced is an important thing. And when he speaks to it, that RNG is, you know, depending on how it's sourced, it's either zero emissions or negative. 
Yeah. Be kind, Twitter. Don't, don't ruin Thomas. Yeah, He's a nice guy. Let's bring, up, uh, let's bring up Scott Berglickner. He's the SVP of product management at U.S. Bank. And we're going to kind of follow the money. We're going to look at what's going on with, with carriers and payments and what's changed about that. Hey, Scott, welcome to What the Truck. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Hey, we just had a super exciting conversation with, with Thomas from Hylion. They just went public today. That's pretty awesome. Now people are going to be following that stock and following that money. And that's a lot of what you do at U.S. Bank. But before we jump into some questions, just, uh, just introduce yourself and what USA Bank does, especially in this space. Sure. So U.S. Bank Freight Payment offers a service where we help uh, our carriers get paid more quickly and our shippers who are on our platform make sure that uh, they're paying the right amount the first time so that there's less friction in the freight payment space. Excellent. Excellent stuff, Scott. So let's jump into some questions. This is Mike Vincent. Nice to meet you, Scott. Thanks for being on the show. So Thanks for having let, me. Let, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so when you look at you know how things have changed and they've changed quite a bit over the over the last year with the uh, pandemic personally and professionally you know since all this started what kind of stands out to you as uh, you look more closely at the impact on the carriers yeah you know and it's not just the pandemic this year right i mean we've got hurricanes and fires and floods civil unrest in some cities and the carriers the drivers still have to show up right i mean i it's really impressive how they continue to step up uh, and carriers are keeping their employees safe from COVID-19 and all of that. Trucking industry, uh, super important. Right here in Minnesota, one in 18 jobs are in the trucking industry and 70% of our communities, they rely solely on trucks to get their goods moved. So um, it's just it's showing up every day under a huge amount of pressure, I think, to um, stay safe and be reliable in those deliveries. So impressive. Wow. Yeah, and by the way, Michael Vince and I couldn't help but notice as you were talking, you have a violin behind you. We always do a play it forward on this segment. We're not going to make you play that violin unless you really want to, but we had to call it out. <laughs> we, might, we might try to shame you into it, but we won't twist your arm. Oh, he's going for Thank it. You. Actually, no, I'm not going for okay. it. No, I'm not. So this, this is my COVID-19 uh, hobby. Uh, it's actually an upright bass. It's just back in the corner of the room. Oh, and, uh, it son, looks like a violin right next to in you. high school, and we've been we've got it in the house, and I was like, I'm going to learn how to play that thing. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, do, awesome. us, do us a favor. We'll have you come back on, you know, as soon as you feel comfortable enough playing that thing, we will have you on to play it. But um, let's get back Deal. to some more, some, some more serious questions. Have you seen a, you know, I've talked to truckers, I've heard their perspective on this, but from your perspective, have you seen a shift in how carriers and drivers are regarded as essential in this industry, especially during this pandemic, where now even the president has contracted COVID, bringing it to a whole other level? Seriously, right? Um, you know, the evidence all around is all around us about how essential these folks are. I mean, you've gone to the grocery store, right? You've seen toilet paper or you haven't seen toilet paper. Um, I've been looking online for a better headset for all these video calls, and it's really a bummer when the stuff that you want to get is just not in stock. Um, but when it is there, when that truck shows up and is unloading that toilet paper, um, uh, when stuff shows up at our front door that we're, uh, I don't know, you know, that we're ordering, I, th I think those guys are everyday heroes. They're, they're keeping things moving. And um, definitely, you know, uh, the idea of truckers and carriers being essential workers has got to be more clear than ever now. Uh, all those signs that are on front yards 
for first responders, I think that extends to carriers too. Um, and there's lots of more news stories too, right? You know, about uh, uh, neighborhoods recognizing their delivery providers. I think that coverage is awesome. And uh, and I hope it's inspiring carriers to, you know, keep on, keep on delivering and uh, keeping things moving. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's nice to see this this type of thing. I've been in the industry for 34 years, and it, it's great to see, and I hope it keeps moving forward. I hope it stays in the public's mind exactly what these, these men and women do in, in trucking and logistics, because it, it is frontline hero work, as you put it. I, I agree 100%. As you're Absolutely. looking at, uh, you know, many carriers now over this past year, unfortunately, have, have been experiencing some financial challenges, quite obviously, especially cash flow. Um, so what, what, you know, what are you seeing carriers do and what can they do to better manage um, their cash cycles? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. You know, before I, uh, before I was at U.S. Bank, I was a small business owner and employing essential workers. And you really want to focus on keeping people safe and not worrying about whether you're going to make payroll, right, or, or you know, maybe keep fuel in the truck. Um, and, uh, you know, I think when it comes to managing cash cycles, it really starts with visibility. And I think carriers of all sizes are looking more closely at their receivables, their cash flow. They're doing it more frequently with a lot more discipline. Um, we know this and we see this because U.S. Bank Freight Payment carrier customers use our cash manager dashboard. And that, that makes, makes it possible for them to kind of look at all of their invoices that are waiting to be approved, as well as all those invoices that are approved and aging in our system. Uh, and waiting to be paid, you know, on due date. And, and when you combine that with uh, that cash flow visibility with, um, you know, some options to get paid more quickly, like those that we have at U.S. Uh, US Bank Freight Payment, um, it really turns into a good approach for improving and, and maximizing that cash flow and shortening the cash cycle. Now, Scott, we have time for about one more question here. So here's one I'm really curious about. You know, at, at around March, April, pricing power was in the shipper's hands. And now for months straight now, it's been in the carrier's hands. So how is the relationship between shippers and carriers, how is that being shaped by these economic conditions? I think it's really uh, it, uh, changing the way they need to work together so that they can both create a win-win situation. Um, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, there's a willingness for folks to come together, but they really need to kind of figure out the right way to do that. And so when you've got a platform uh, like U.S. Bank Free Payments platform to collaborate together on issue resolution and to leverage trade finance solutions that can both let the shipper get extended uh, terms and improve their working capital, so at, but at the same time allow uh, carriers to get paid upon invoice approval much more quickly, you know, instead of due date, um, that turns into a win-win solution. Uh, there's more favorable DPO for the shippers, days payable outstanding, and reduced DSO or day sales outstanding for carriers. So we see a lot of our customers uh, starting to really work together collaboratively to create that win-win solution for both parties. Wow. That, I mean, that's good to hear. And I'm glad you're trying to help mediate and facilitate all of that. If people need some help, they need some guidance. They like what they heard today. Where should we send them after the show? Uh, why don't you send them to uh, at U.S. Bank Payments, uh, and uh, that's our Twitter handle. And uh, or you can reach directly out to me. It's Scott.Bergleckner at USBank.com, and I'd be happy to uh, help get you in the right place. Wow, Scott, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time today. It was good to hear from you.
thank you very much for your time. Yeah, hey, hey, Scott. I'd love to come back and play that bass sometime. Oh yeah, we definitely have to have him back. I yeah. can't believe he didn't just pick it up, though. I mean, he, I thought he was going for it. I, I, it looked like he was going for it. And honestly, the perspective, it looked like a violin. It sounded like the door's <laughs> open. I, I think maybe by think spring he could do a play it forward with that. He did say it was like a COVID project, just, just doing uh, the lessons and all that. you got to get the fingering down. you got to get the calluses on your hands. Yes, right? you do. You it takes timing. some time. you got to go through that six months of pain before you can start making any music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. absolutely I true. Know. And hating yourself and all that. <laughs> yeah, it's so, absolutely true. Want to talk to a trucking game streamer? I do. Let's do it. Let's bring I woke up, up this morning saying, I hope we talk to a trucking game streamer. I did too. It's exciting space. It's exciting <laughs> space. It's, game streaming is a huge thing, and it's never been bigger, especially during this pandemic. It's huge overseas. It's in primetime TV. Yeah, Playing StarCraft and all those different types of games over there, League of Legends, all of that thing. Huge, huge globally. It's just starting to really pick up in the mainstream in the U.S., but on sites like Twitch and YouTube, always been a big deal. Right now, let's bring Attack Dog Gaming up on the air. Let's see what he's doing with his rig. What's up, Attack Dog? Hello. How's it going? Hey, man. Uh, so you are, you're, you're kind of a hybrid. You are a truck driver, but you're also jumping into the streaming world. But you game stream, but you don't actually talk about truck driving where you're doing it. You actually just launched a show where uh, it's true crime, right? He's doing true crime, but he's flying over the crime scenes in Microsoft Simulator. It's a really interesting angle and take that he's, he's doing on. You're seeing a lot of these game streams turn hybrid. But uh, introduce yourself, man. Yeah, I go by Washoe Online. Um, I started my name, uh, if you remember the show, Walker, Texas Ranger. That was his name in the show for his Native American name. And I started to actually start doing LSPDFR, which is a modded version of Grand Theft Auto. But I kind of ventured into other games since that one game's kind of oversaturated on the on the YouTube right now. Nico Brown says he can't get enough Overwatch and World of Warcraft. He's like, he's a commenter here. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> my, me, I was a big gamer when it was Asteroids. Yeah. You could have streamed myself. <laughs> right. And, and space, space Invaders and Pong. <laughs> Those were my gaming days. Well, so, so tell us, how did you get into the streaming yeah. thing? Is it just sort of that downtime you have? You know, you got your clock. You got to be off for 10 hours. So what are you going to do at the time? Maybe take advantage of streaming, right? Yeah, I got 10, 12 hours a night or so, depending on my appointment times, but uh, on a dedicated route. So... It kind of works out to a little bit more time, but I've been a gamer since, you know, the original Nintendo. I've had every console that they had, and I kind of grew up and got into actual PC gaming and build my own computers and stuff. So I uh, just kind of said, hey, I'm playing anyway. Might as well just throw it on, see who wants to watch it. And I don't care how many views I get or whatever. I just do it for my entertainment. And whoever wants to watch can watch. And so I launched that True Crime series because that's pretty big and I listen to all them podcasts going down the road every day, so I just decided to merge the two in and run that as a video series. That's interesting. So, what is, what is true crime? Is that a game? So, no, 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 no. Like, so true true crime is like documentaries on someone who's been murdered. They're real oh, okay. stories of like the you. one they're doing right now is Maura Murray, which I'm very familiar with because uh, she started out her journey. This is a girl who vanished uh, in the early 2000s. She, I believe, she was at UMass Amherst, if I'm not mistaken. She I had some sort of argument with her boyfriend. She had some alcohol in the car. Ends up in New Hampshire. Her car crashed off the road, and she just, like, vanishes. And nobody knows where she went to this day. Is that oh, about right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. So hey, how long have you been trucking? Uh, going on 16 years this year. Oh, wow. Wow. You Good got for some the experience. How's this, how's this past <laughs> year been treating you, man? Is the, is the streaming keeping you sane out there? Uh, you know, it hasn't affected me too much. We, you know, haul 
essential products. So we've been working the whole time. But uh, I finally got with a company that's hourly and stuff like that. So it works out really good now. Well, we're looking at some pictures of your setup. That's pretty wild. I, I got to ask you, how many, how many truck drivers do you think are also game streamers when you're talking to guys over there at, at the rest stops and you're parking and everything? Do, do you see a lot more drivers sort of getting into this, uh, into this medium? In the trucks, not many. Um, but uh, there's quite a few that I've met online that game at home, but they drive truck. So, I mean, but I, I basically been uh got into it with the uh cuffs gaming community they kind of brought me into the games that i play now kind of out of the uh they started with lspdfr2 but i just they do the american truck simulator we do convoys all the time we do daisy which is kind of like a zombie survival game so with that community you know you got the the four main guys that brought me in and kind of helped me along the way into the streaming aspect of it so they um None of them are truckers, but they all want to see the trucking, like put a GoPro on the dash and do some trucking videos and stuff like that. I didn't think that'd be popular, but they said that a lot of people want to see it. So that'll probably be my next series also. How accurate would you say like trucks, American Truck Simulator is and those kind of programs like I, I haven't driven a truck before, uh, but if I was getting like chased by an axe murderer, but I was also really good at American Truck Simulator, I'd just be able to jump in the cab and be able to, to take off and go. Is it that, is it that accurate? <laughs> nowadays with the automatic transmissions, you could probably just jump in and go. And I mean, it's like basically yeah. driving a car nowadays. That's what Back I told in you, the Michael. Days where you had the double clutching and stuff like that. <laughs> I knew it. They've been feeling me the whole time. So I know it was though, and do, like, do you call out the inaccuracies? You're like, oh, that wouldn't work that way, or you know, I imagine like surgeons playing, I don't know, Operation or something. I don't, I don't know. I mean, so when you see Bruce Willis crash a truck into a helicopter that's flying, yeah. is that accurate? Yeah. Could you do that? Are the physics there? <laughs> no, I mean it's <laughs> not realistic physics. It's not, you know, you. you uh, scrape like uh, a guardrail or something in the game it's gonna stop the truck completely where in real life it just tear your you know side up and you keep going <laughs> you but keep, in the game you, keep you can't going. even go any further <laughs> oh i got you. oh yeah in the simulators you're, yeah. you're done right in the simulators that's that's all it so we, we were looking at your your gaming rig yeah that's actually in your truck yeah, I had it in the uh, closet to begin with, but uh, a couple weeks ago, I almost fried my graphics card because of the heat, so I had to move it up top. To I just put the top bunk down, built the cages for all the uh, controllers, the steering wheels, the yoke, stuff like that, and um, strapped up with a couple metal straps so that the computer don't fall. And I'm I'm picky about my truck, so all the wires have to be hidden. So that's key also, like in placing everything. I can't have loose wires just hanging all, all over the place. Wow. Yeah, that, don't come over to Freight Alley. That's, a, that's an impressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, have, we have signs with unicorn on. Don't step on the cables <laughs> or the unicorn will come out and beat you. That's an impressive rig. I mean, that gaming rig that he's got set up there is impressive in someone's house. No, it is, yeah, but I have a question for you. So someone looking at that, that's actually almost intimidating, right? Yeah. So if there's some truckers that are listening to this and they're like, wow, game streaming seems cool, how big is the barrier to entry? Is that, do you have any recommended, like, starter gear? Um, like, my budget build for the truck, I put a budget of 600 and I ended about 2400 but that was buying all the <laughs> steering wheels. And the basic computer, you can run basically everything for about six to 800 bucks on the low end. Um, for mid to high end, you're looking about 1500 
depending on, you know, what you pick for your internals for CPU, graphics card, and all that kind of stuff. But right now, the uh, new graphics card launch, those came out at half the price of last or two years ago. So you can get graphics cards cheap once you're able to get your hands on them now. That's your most expensive part of your build. Our friend Nico Brown, he is all over this. He Remember he told <laughs> oh, us he was yeah. kind of weird and a nerd yeah, on, yeah. on Monday's show? And yeah. I don't say I'm a nerd, too, so I'm not saying that to denigrate nerds. Um, but he says he's assuming you're using all <laughs> SSD drives, but he will also want to know how you're getting good latency, which is a good point. How do you get, because uh, you're doing streaming, how do you get a good connection while you're out on the road? I have a Bix Wireless 4G LTE router that I have in here. It just takes a SIM card. And everywhere I'm at, I have enough signal to stream. I usually push full bars wherever I stop. Since I'm dedicated, I got pretty much the same spots every week that I stop at. Nice. Yeah, so he knows he knows where the connectivity is. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that, is, <laughs> that is tremendous. Well, hey, man, if people want to follow your streams, they want to check out your new true crime show, they want to follow you on Twitter, that kind of thing, where should we send them to? Twitter, Instagram, Cash App, YouTube, it's all at Tech Dog Gaming. Gaming. That's what you got to do, man. And this is some marketing. This is like a put that coffee down thing. You got you to gotta own your brand. Oh, yeah, you definitely do. I love the graphics for it. Yeah, Matt Henning said that's one of the coolest logos he's seen for a, uh, a gaming company. I think you did a good job. Sometimes, you know, you can go a little too wild with these things, but you're smart going with three colors and just the, the yeah, shape nice, and the symmetry. Yeah, nice, simple, hits the eye, right? It's very cool. Yeah. Well, th thanks again. Thank you All for right. your time. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. All right, you know, talking about playing games, now we're going to play it forward. Randy Hudson oh, yeah, is back. Right. Randy Hudson is back. He is the yeah. freight broker coach, right? He yeah. played it forward for us during season one of Play It yeah. Forward, and now we got our whole fall-winter season coming up, bringing out some <laughs> guests, some new ones, and some encores. Randy's one of our encores. Randy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you doing this morning? You get a little uh, COVID haircut? Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, it's called uh, age and hereditary. You know, <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only haircut I get these days. It's a genetic a genetic haircut. Hey, we, love the, we love the shirt, man. What is it? It's a Gibson shirt, right? I know. Oh, yeah. What's your uh, what's what's your Gibby a choice? I'm sorry. What's your uh, Gibson a choice? Uh, I've got a '62 uh, 335. Wow. 1962 wow. 335 that I've had since I was 18 years old that is my uh, my, my certain main guitar, yeah. Also wow. use an SG for a lot of slide work that I do. That's, that's very, very cool. I, I had a Studio Pro. It wasn't uh, a 62 or anything like that. It was a, a, a 2015 Studio Pro on yeah. Gibson that I like. But I'm a Telecaster guy now. I love my, I love my Tele, American Tele. I got you. I've got a Tom Anderson Tele style. But, uh, yeah, the, I, I ran into a great deal on the 335. I was 18 years old. I really wanted one. I was a big Freddie King fan. And a friend of my older brother sold me that guitar for $350. Wow. In about 1976. Man, so. it, 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 one of the reasons we love highlighting music on here, too, is in good news, bad news, we're going to talk about this this really awesome story. Michael and I read this morning oh, on yeah. CNN, but it was about a guy who's in Kentucky where there's a lot of opiate problems, right? And he had a big addiction with it. And he got over it by focusing addiction on starting making guitars and starting playing guitars and finding a mentor and then bringing other people into the fold. It's a super cool story. We'll talk about it later because you're here to melt our face off with the Play It Forward song. So do you want to get to uh, you want to get to playing? Sure. Uh, I recently, this is not one of my Gibsons, but I recently uh, got my first resonator guitar. So I threw oh. together a little Dobro boogie for you. All right. Sweet. Love the resonators. And, uh, not played one yet, though. 
I had not either, but I'd always wanted one, and I, I got this one. I'm just loving it so far, the old Delta Blues style and that kind of thing. So, so uh, just threw this little thing together for you. Uh, we'll just call this What the Truck. Nice. Love it. Love it. music like that I, I feel like i feel like i'm in a humid bar you know <laughs> holding like a whiskey or an iced tea now for I me was, an was, iced tea with the with the glass sweating you know i beans. was just thinking of a, a a nice jar of some nice cool moonshine a little moonshine that really got us talking right what would you reveal what would you reveal right. after a nice jug of moonshine <laughs> now you're melting <laughs> some faces <laughs> pretty much what? anything you know yeah, that's right. So you're also you're also the freight broker coach. So what are you coaching people on these days? What kind of issues are uh, are bugging you? I've seen a couple of callouts on your uh, I've seen a couple of callouts on your LinkedIn recently. Okay, in regard to sure. I mean, what's just what, what's what's been uh, going? Well, there's actually two. There's also a poem. Maybe I'll ask you about that first. Yeah, let's do our that. Our deepest let's fear by Marianne Williamson. Our oh. deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. What did that mean to you? Why'd you, uh, why'd you quote that on LinkedIn? Well, uh, I'm a big believer in mindset and, and how we go about our day and how we go about our business. And I think that... Uh, that many times it relates to this business in that when you're you're reaching out to people and you're trying to build trust with people, that you really have to have that confidence that you can go out and do that. And we get told, we get these messages throughout our life that we're not good enough about this, we're not good enough about that. And uh, there's another book I just read called The Inner Game of Tennis that speaks to this a lot with Tim Galloway, uh, where he talks about the mind getting in the way, right? We, we get a great idea and then we talk ourselves out of taking action on it. And so what that means to me is that you have to really tune into yourself and have confidence in yourself and not let outside uh, voices, outside noise get in your way. Yeah, you got to worry about what you can control, right? Your, your inside Absolutely. voice, your let attitude, and let go of the rest. You, I can't control what other people think, right? That, that type of thing. I, I, Totally into it. Love no, it. Applies, it's completely applicable to business, regardless yes. if you're in freight or something else, but especially in freight, where a lot of times freight movements, uh, especially in a year like this, there's a lot of volatility, a lot of angry customers, sometimes happy customers. It's been a strange year. Um, Mike, does a year like 2020 drive you nuts, though, when both sides of the coin have been flipped? You know, we talked to U.S. Bank a little bit about this, but the pricing power with the shippers earlier and all the backbiting that's happening between brokers and carriers and shippers and then where it is now with the pricing power of the carriers. Do you think that people are losing the plot and not using this time to make the relationships they should? I think that's true sometimes. Uh, and, and with the pricing structures going up and down, that's not new. 
Uh, it's, it might be a little bit different and more extreme this year. Certainly there's some historical differences. Uh, but after a long career in this, I've seen this many times. It's all supply and demand. So, you know, you have to adapt to it and you have to flow with it. And by building relationships and building trust, you can keep some of those peaks uh, a little more even, you know. Uh, use relationship with your carriers so that when these rates spike like that, uh, yeah, my rates are going to go up, but maybe they don't have to go up quite as much as someone else's who's just throwing a model on the board and doing that. And so if you work with regular carriers and you've built up that trust, that's what this business is all about, relationships and trust. And when Rand you have that, you can smooth some of these peaks and valleys out. Yeah, so Randy, my question is this, because it occurs to me, with as, as Dooner pointed out, and you're talking about the peaks and valleys, it flipped from one side of the coin extreme, yeah. where people are going Real to Washington, quick. we need price fix, or not price yeah. fixing, but we need regulation, regulation. on the pricing, yeah. Yeah. all the way to the other side where, you know, now it's, you know, six grand to move a truck 100 miles. I, I mean, that's extreme. I don't see rushing on the truck show margins, it. right, Michael? Right, nobody's rushing to it. But these two extremes, so really close to each other, you know, when you when you look at it in, in over the year. Is that pushing us towards solutions to, to start to eliminate or improve these relationships and, and fortify those relationships? And, and do you see that or what advice do you have? I think that you do have to strengthen the relationships to, to help yourself through these times. And, you, you know, I've been hearing how bad brokers are from some carriers for 20 years. So, again, that part of it is not necessarily new. But I think that the relationship thing is everything in these times because I can use carriers that I've been using forever. And, and here's the deal about that. You have to be fair with those carriers in the downtime to get their trust and their relationship in the time when it's good for them, right? So when the rates are really low, if you, if you push them lower and lower and lower and lower, then they're not going to care about you whenever they can uh, get the rates back up. And so what I find is that I try to be fair with carriers all the time. And my customers that I work with allow me to do that. I've got regular runs. Uh, I did have a carrier recently that I've been using on, on some local runs that I've been doing for years. He's one of my pool of carriers. And he said, you know, my drivers are hearing how much more the rates have gone up, and I'm wondering if maybe we could get a little increase on that. And I said, well, before we do that, I want you to go back, and I want you to look at March, April, and May. I want you to look at all the loads you did for me and see if I reduced the rate when the rates were low. And, and he came back, and he said, <laughs> Yeah, we'll just stay where we're at. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's the way I think it's the best to do business. I know everybody doesn't do it that way, but it's a way that's worked for me. And it helps to keep those peaks and valleys out of there. And it helps me build the relationship with both sides because I have to sell to both sides. I have to sell to the carrier. I have to sell to the customer. And that's the way I run my business forever. Well, Randy, we got to ask you before we let you go, uh, you know, we did talk to you a little earlier in the year and we asked you what the number one sort of ask for your coaching is. What is people's biggest problem? Has that changed at all as the pandemic has progressed? What is that ask right now? Not really. I still think it's, it's being able to gain the trust of a shipper to get that first opportunity. Uh, it's, it's a competitive market. Uh, we, we all know that. Uh, looking for a way to differentiate yourself is what I talk to people about all the way, all the time to to gain that trust. And if you just say I'm a broker and I want your freight, uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of calls before you get an opportunity. And do a little research, learning about them, and finding a way to connect with people. Uh, what I tell people all the time is you have to be able to find your own voice. And what I mean by that is. If you just take a script and stick it on somebody and tell them to make 100 calls with this script and it doesn't sound like them, then it's not very authentic. And I think in this day and age, with all the tools and resources, there's all these podcasts, there's all this technology that's out there, all this information that's out there, people are more educated than ever 
right? The carriers are more educated. The shippers are more educated. So if you don't come at them with something that you can do for them that makes sense and you know something about their business, then it's going to be a long, a long haul for that. So that building of trust to gain that first opportunity is, is really the biggest thing that I see where people get stuck. Nobody gets stuck trying to get their authority. Nobody gets stuck trying to get their bond. They get stuck trying to get a shipper. That, you know, the, that the, first time and, gain, and gaining their voice and figuring out what it takes for them to connect with people on that yep. level. Randy, the fundamentals don't change. It's just that yeah. some of the fundamentals are the hard work. Pandemic or not, the fundamentals are still there of customer service and relationships and all of those things. It doesn't matter if there's a scourge, you know, across the land. Yeah, no, still absolutely. So people want to learn more about you. Where do we send them after the show? Uh, so on LinkedIn, I'm at Randy Hudson TX for Texas. And I've got LDIDFW is my website for my brokerage. Uh, I'm uh, at thefreightbrokercoach.com for my coaching. Uh, I also bring in some sub-agents under LDI and, and help new people learn that way and then coach, you know, different people. I've got a trucking company I'm working with getting their brokerage together. So any of those, any of those places, uh, best place to find me is probably on LinkedIn, Randy Hudson, Texas, and, and I watch that closely. So thank you so much, Randy. Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Appreciate Randy. you having me on again. Yeah, Talk look how about for him for playing it forward. If you out there, you want to play it forward, just reach out to myself yeah, or Michael Vincent on LinkedIn, uh, Timothy Dooner or Michael Vincent, or look me up on the Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Speaking of Twitter, you know what I found on Twitter? I found a I can donkey. only imagine. I found a man, his <laughs> donkey, who has captured the hearts of trucking Twitter and ag Twitter. Now we're going to bring on to the show Nate and Earl, the, uh, the best tag team on Twitter, uh, short of me and you. Oh, is that right? <laughs> wow. No, they're better than us, man. Nate and Earl, what's going on, brothers? Not too much. How are you doing? <laughs> you're, you, are, you are legit, man. You live on a really nice farm out there. Where are you located? Uh, Del Rapids, South Dakota. Wow, man. Sioux Falls. So I came across you because a lot of people that I follow on Twitter, a lot of truckers I follow, they seem to really like this donkey you have named Earl. Earl. Earl is it? He, and he's hilarious. He acts like a dog. And we'll get into it. But maybe like just so the audience can see, we have a couple of videos you sent us. So let's take a look at Earl in action, and then we'll jump right back to talking to Nate. The farm. He's yeah. got a big blue ball. Still he looks as happy there. as can be. Yeah. He's just pushing that right on his nose, too, as we do a little play-by-play -play here. He's got it right by the side. But I don't know if this ball's going to be long for the world. Now, I've given my Black Lab balls before, Michael Vincent, yeah. of that size. And she'll, like, pick it up with her mouth and throw it across the field. She'll jump belly first yeah. and end up yeah. rolling off of it. What do we got going on here? Got another ball. She's got another ball. Or is that the same ball? Oh, she's getting a little bit more aggressive. This is what my dog starts doing. Yeah. And then, then you know that you're going to have to go back to Walmart and get another big ball. Look. Hey. Oh. <laughs> the belly awesome. roll. That is awesome. You know, I love donkeys. Remember we had that one guy who was in quarantine in South America. He hadn't seen his donkey yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, three months. And that donkey recognized him and was just braying like crazy. Lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, look, there it is. There he is. He popped yeah. it. He got it. It didn't survive. Look, mate, I killed it. <laughs> exactly. But look at this. This thing is like, you ever see Jurassic Park when the T-Rex is chasing the, yeah. uh, the Jeep? Yeah. This thing, the land speed of this thing, this is like a cheetah with 10 times the stamina. <laughs> this thing's going 35 miles an hour, and he won't stop, I think, until he's fed some uh, jalapeno peppers. Yeah.
Wow, what a good boy. 35 miles an hour? 30, that, he was going 35 miles an hour, right, Nate? Yep, he's pretty fast. Wow. <laughs> so how long? Got wheels on him. Yeah, he does. How, how long have you had? Uh, how long have you had? Uh, been having donkeys for? Is, is Earl your first? Earl's the first. We uh, got him about two years ago. A little over two years ago, last spring. Are, do all donkeys behave like that? Are they all like super friendly? Uh, very personable? I don't know. This is my first one. I think he's kind of special, though. I think he is too. I think he is too. Yeah, you may be, you may be disappointed with a second one. I mean, that, that yeah, Earl, I mean Earl's pretty cool. Just keep it yeah. Earl's. So, man, you you are on a farm. So, what, what do you do? Uh, what do you do aside from you know chasing Earl around? I do construction. Actually, we uh, don't farm anymore here. Actually, selling the combine today. The guy's standing here watching me talk to you while he's getting combine parts ready to go. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. So how 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 has the year treated you? How how has the year treated you there on the farm, Nate? Good. It's been good. Hanging in there. It's uh, life's been pretty normal in South Dakota here. We don't have a lot of quarantine action and stuff going like that around here, but it's been good. You said before on Twitter, you're like, I, I don't understand why people are interested in, in, in myself or the, or the donkey that much. Have you come around on it a little bit? And do you kind of see what the, the allure and the fascination is? Well, I enjoy him. He makes me laugh. So I figured I'd share him to everybody else and have a good smile, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, you mentioned the pandemic and quarantine and all that, and I think people are just looking for, to get away from some of the negativity we see online, especially yep. on Twitter. And you see, you know, you're just having a good time with your donkey out there. Uh, you know, for me, it's one of those bright spots that I see on Twitter. I know it is for a lot of people. If people want to experience that, they want to learn more about you and the donkey, where do they go? Uh, Nate Han underscore on Twitter, I believe. I'd have to look at it again. It's been a while since I looked at it, but I know you posted it on your Twitter handle handle what mine is so that's probably the easiest way to find me well hey man well thank you very much Excellent for your time stuff. today really appreciate it thanks for sharing earl man and thanks for putting it out there and, and good luck on the construction site you bet thanks for having me yeah thanks, thanks man little cowboy for, him, for that donkey yeah we need we when need he was outside there with his camera i thought we were gonna get some live footage of earl i, I, I was secretly hoping that like yeah. he would have earl next to him yeah. or something like that Begging for a jalapeno pepper yeah. or something. But he's got to work. It'll probably <laughs> when he gets home. When he gets home, then I'll give him the jalapeno peppers. He'll chase them in that in that ATV. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It is awesome, Live man. Live from South Dakota. Live from South Dakota. Nice area. It Should is. Do a little good news, bad news? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. All right. A little good news, bad news for you. So, right. bad news here. GM says, get a load of this. What Kindness one is coming, but you're in Newer's organization. Uh, no, you don't want to just accuse a company of not doing something. But GM may be saying, we don't need no stinking Badgers, Michael Vincent. <sighs> the Badger was not in. It's been an interesting week for Nikola. The Badger was not in Nikola Corp's business plan this year, and it isn't there now. So a year ago, they didn't have any plans for the Badger, and after Trevor Milton leaves, they don't have plans for the Badger. I thought the whole thing was General Motors was going to build the Badger. Yeah, no. you know, you see conflicting reports about this. And wow. You go, GM will, oh, maybe GM's going to up their equity stake. But to me, that's also not a positive because GM's not paying anything for it. So right. having to up their equity stake, they're just taking more control over Nikola. 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. So the so the Badger is would never in the plan or the deal with with General Motors to start with. Well, here's the thing. So when you when we're talking about the Badger here, this was Trevor Milton maybe got ahead of himself. He said this is going to debut at Nikola World. It's going to beat the F-150. It's going to be this big huge truck. Yeah. But in reality, the Badger hasn't been built yet. The deal with GM hasn't been finalized. They can back out of the deal on December 3rd. And December 3rd is a very curious day for Nikola because on December 3rd not only can GM back out of the deal, but a lot of their shareholders' shares unlock, and they can back out of Nikola. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big date. It's almost like a survival date it, for, it for the is. company. So, so the PR campaign that, uh, uh, who's the new CEO there? Um, well, the same uh, with Mark Gert, Russell's Steve the CEO. Gert, yeah. and, and Gersky. The Gersk is, uh, is the Gersky chairman. Gersky is the chairman. He's the yeah. new guy in, in, in there. So they're doing the PR campaign going, going around trying, stating, you know, that the the plan is still the same. It wasn't the plan. It was just the communication that was really the issue, right? And, yeah. and so they're going out doing this campaign. So really, they're, they're in it for December 3rd. That's what they're saying. That's what, I mean, he, when you look at the signaling that Nicholas putting out, and they've done this press tour where they're like, look, we got rid of Trevor Milton. They actually yeah. just removed another one of Milton's appointees from the board, brought another guy in there who also uh, had worked with GM before, has that GM blood within his system. Right. And uh, as Alan said, they're now trying to have the adults run the company. But here is the thing with Nikola. A lot of the company is built on the promises that Trevor Milton made that are now being walked back. Yeah, that's a that's hundred percent. I mean, yeah, right. The, the, from the, the, the partnerships with um, the uh, hydrogen production sure. as well, right? Those are still being worked out and they don't, they don't have, and then the infrastructure to actually, I, I guess you manufacture it on site was the original plan to well, do that. Now they're trucking, going to plan on trucking the hydrogen in. Well, this is even worse. This, so that was to the stations, but now it's being looked at. And this isn't big, this, this, this part of it's not fully confirmed, but they're supposed to be building this factory in Coolidge, right? right? Where they're supposed to be doing the hydrogen production. Well, this is Arizona. Where are they getting the water from? And now That's it's sort of being looked into, <laughs> what, what, is there a water table there? Is there ground there? Or are they going to also have to truck hydrogen there? And then if you're a discerning investor or you're looking at this market, you're like, every step of the way, this hydrogen project starts becoming more and uh, more and more unwieldy, right? And less and less green when you're talking about you have to get an energy source. Yeah. You have to convert it through uh, the electrolysis machine, right, to yes. the hydrogen energy. You have to put in a fuel cell. Then you have to reconvert it back into energy. And then along the way, you have to have a truck bring it to the factory. You have to truck bring it to the gas station. I'm not really sure the value that, that you're working in. At the same time, one of the things they haven't yeah. walked back but was supposed to debut at Nikola World was this groundbreaking battery technology. Right. Like, th this is, this is, the technology seemed so good the way they promised it that it made you even call the question, why are they even worried about hydrogen right. if they have this battery technology? Well, that press release is still on to this day on Nikola's website, but Nikola World's not happening. But they haven't said, like, okay, well, we're not, we're not walking back this battery technology either. So there's a lot of questions, but this is good news, bad news. That was a very long bad news. You want to do some good news? Yeah, let's hear the good news about it. But, yeah, I mean, we have to dive into it. There's so much to unpack there in that story, and there still will be over the months to there's, come. There, there still will be, and especially yeah. when you're talking to Hylion, where a lot of people, they see that SPAC thing, they see young billionaire being formed. You want to associate the two companies, but I think that they couldn't be you, more different. Yeah, you really can't, because if you look at the source of energy that they're looking at and the end game of it, 
Just what you said there, that just describing it, uh, the the process for the hydrogen yeah. and the fueling and the energy. You got to find an energy source. You've got to convert it to hydrogen. You got to move it. Then you got to reconvert it back to energy, et cetera. Not being very green. The opposite is completely true with RNG. Yeah. It's actually negative green. Well, you know, in their original business plan, before they pivoted to hydrogen, it was that compressed natural gas that was supposed to fuel hydrogen trucks. That was actually up until the middle of 2016. Okay. And it was at Nikola World where they were then promoting hydrogen. Okay. They didn't change a lot of the specs. Since then, a lot of the specs have been walked back of what the capabilities of these trucks can do. Gotcha. And, and maybe Nikola is getting to a position where they can better reframe some of the things and better reframe the market expectations. Yeah. But this is not even close to the same company or offerings that were at some of these previous milestones that they had talked about. So it's going to be curious to see. And then they talk about the Nikola Trey, which seems to be the pony they want to ride now. But I got to tell you, Michael Vince, that's a cab over truck, a cab over battery truck made by Bosch brought to the American market. Maybe garbage trucks or something that it could work with, but I don't see long-haul drivers. No, no, certainly not long-haul, but yeah. I'll tell you, some of the best trucks I had in, in LTO were, were C800 cab overs yeah. for city work, man. You could park a 48-footer on a dime with one of yeah. those things. They're great workhorses, so maybe that's the route they're going for. Do you, you think that's a good—maybe for battery electric, maybe it is. Yeah, it could be because shorter haul spot, you know, drop and hook. Well, not even drop and hook, but you're bumping a dock constantly, that type of stuff. Cab overs are great. They're yeah. easy to maneuver, much easier to maneuver uh, trailers around cities and stuff like that. Well, I think maybe some of the good news will be, too, with, with the adults being at the dinner table now. When people ask questions about this business model, fair, completely fair questions. We talked to Thomas about the scrutiny you're now yeah. going to face that you're public. Completely fair questions. I don't think it's fair to investors of the market to just call everyone trolls and do, like, an Instagram Live saying, Trevor, with all that kind of stuff. Yeah, people want to know how, like, if you say that, if your business model is tied to this lease program, and this lease program is tethered to the cost of hydrogen, and hydrogen costs $16, and you need to be at 432 to break even, and two sums, 250 to make a profit, I think it's fair to ask how you get there. Yeah. Especially when it's so convoluted. Yeah, it's a fair question to ask what's the pathway to get there. Yeah. You promised me good news. It, it, okay, you can still get the Cybertruck. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> you can still get the Cybertruck. And, you know, Mark Russell, they said things haven't changed, and maybe they haven't because he threw some shade at the Cybertruck. He said a lot of people didn't like the look of the Cybertruck, including me. I think it looks like a doorstop, but they got lots of reservations for it. Okay. Yeah, one of them is mine. I want my doorstop. Oh, okay. That's good news. You can still get a Cybertruck. <laughs> so is that where they came up with the Badger? They were just jealous and I said, well, we're going to do one, too. I th maybe. <sighs> maybe not enough free on $90,000 jet skis? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got some good news for you. Yeah. I'm going to start out with the good news. Yeah. The good news is, and you can read this on uh, Freightways.com, uh, uh, J.P. Hempstead wrote this article. I spoke to him this morning on uh, Freightways Now about it. Or, oh, wow. uh, not Freightways Now. On uh, Spotlight. Yes. Right. On the spot. Uh, so Uber Freight raises $500 million from Greenbrier Equity Group. Mm -hmm. uh, so now with what the Uber Freight executives call the largest ever capital investment for a minority position in the 3PL. It's a minority wow. position. Uber Freight has effectively extended its runway indefinitely as it continues to expand to new markets, ship new technology products, and grow Operations. Yeah, that does so, sound like that does sound like good news. I met that's that one line you said there, where what a minority position, largest might, largest ever capital investment for a minority position. For a minority in the 3PL. position. Traditional brokers are probably vomiting when they hear that line. They probably they're probably, probably just like well, I don't get it. I don't, I don't. I don't get it. I don't they, hear it. They probably are. And it's and talking to uh, J.P. Hempstead, I'm not that familiar with Greenbrier, but he is. This is outside the norm for Greenbrier. This yeah. is like a huge. Um, 
uh, a vote of confidence in where Uber is going with with Greenberg because they usually take majority uh, ownership, yeah. and this is and it's usually far less than a five hundred million dollar type of thing. What's the bad news? Well, I mean, the bad news, I guess, for our buddy Bill Drieger and those guys yeah. <laughs> is now the pressure's on. They got to find that pathway to, uh, you know, to profitability. Yeah. Uh, so that that's. That's something that they've they've had a difficult time, a little bit of a difficult time. But it's all been in the plan and the growth, et cetera. And I think with some of their new markets, actually, I think they'll overcome that bad news. Talking with J.P. Hempstead, you know, they're they're looking at this investment and looking at this. They're really connecting the long haul, uh, the mid mid haul, and then that last mile through through their network. And they're already doing this in other countries in some in some markets. So as far as the, the last mile delivery, even to consumer, business to business, and business to consumer, that final mile. So they're linking all three of those. And then you remember we were talking to them about their uh, enterprise and their link products. Yeah. Which uh, is the data? It gives it that transparency for the for the shippers and seeing their, their their goods moving through there and all the data analytics, et cetera, combined with all three phases of the truck move, uh, is really a, a, a significant play for Uber. So I, I think it's fair to say that they're doing more than just buying market share. I mean, because that's pe people love yeah, to categorize oh, yeah, them. No. Not to say that they're not. You know, in, in, in well, a lot of ways, they are subsidizing I, their own build out. But yeah. a lot of startups are. That's why they get capital injections. Well, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And it, 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 to say that they're not is 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 not is disingenuous. They they yeah. are, but the end game behind it and and the reasons for it are are not as as uh, nefarious as, as yeah. that makes it sound. Right? They're not nefarious at all. It's to build out that community for this type of of, uh, of then uh, uh, connectivity between all three modes and the enterprise and the link. We're going to play for their founder. Their founder, Bill Drieger, is going to play drums for us on this show, I believe, next Friday. For those of you out there, like we mentioned, you want to play it forward, easy to come on the show. we got one last good news, bad news. Uh, this is a quick one. We touched on it with Randy, but CNN has a great story. just like to recommend it as someone myself who's been through oh, yeah, recovery. They have a great story of recovery and giving back. And it's it's all about this guy in Kentucky who uh, he ended up in this thing, this culture of recovery that takes recovering addicts in eastern Kentucky through a luthery pottery and blacksmithing programs, teaching people who are in early stages of getting out of addiction, how to overcome it, rechanneling that addictive energy into making guitars, making swords at the blacksmith, whatever you want to do. And the only bad news there is that opioid addiction is still a huge issue in many parts of the U.S., including Kentucky. Rex Chapman always is, is going off about that one, too, if you follow him on Twitter. We've got a What the Truck coming up on Monday. We'll be back at yeah. noon Eastern time. This weekend on Freightways Radio, I'll be talking to John Paul Hampstead about that Uber Freight deal. Oh, very cool. Also be talking about Passport. Guys, don't miss that one. I'll also be talking to uh, Colin from Digital Wirecatters. We'll be going through some of the oil and EV space news. Ingrid Brown's going to give me her view from the road. And uh, I believe I have one other person on there. Mystery guest. I'll leave it at mystery guest. Mystery guest. Mystery guest. I'll, yeah. I'll just go with that there's one. A, there's a birthday or an anniversary, too. Isn't there a three-year birthday? There, a a three-year birthday? Yeah. Oh. Molo Solutions? Oh. <laughs> Is that, didn't that happen a while ago? I think it did. I think that's a really old note in this sheet that <laughs> I keep reusing. But happy third birthday to Andrew Silver. <laughs> we'll solutions anyway. anyway. Happy third birthday. Speaking of people with an opinion on uh, on digital freight brokers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he he was, doesn't hold back, He man. was mixing that up. Guys, you can find this show on Freightcast or on What the Truck, your favorite podcast player. Just look it up. You download the Freightways TV app. You can rewatch this on demand. Um, go to Freightways.com. Get all of your freight-breaking news. All that exciting stuff. And uh, we want to thank our guest today, especially to Thomas Healy. Congratulations. Congratulations. He's like, just such a great and decent guy. You know, I just hope people don't find him, like, too boring and they don't want to talk to him. But if they do, I will keep talking to him because I don't Ooh. find him boring at all. 
Thomas? Yeah. Oh, I don't find him boring at all. I think he's a great, great guy. We could use a little boring. This year so crazy. Like, oh. to contrast the craziness, you need, like, just a regular old, uh, yeah. regular old straight Should we shooter. take it out by singing happy birthday to Andrew Silver? Even though His it's, like, three birthday. months late? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Molo. Happy birthday, Andrew Silver. And happy